Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in our study through the Old Testament. We are um, making great progress at this point. We'll be in Genesis chapter 34 today. Um, this is the, we're seven or eight months in, over eight months in now uh, on, the, the, on the Old Testament. It's about a 15-year process. We did five years through the New Testament before we got here, and we were good at that. And so we're, we're 14 years and a chunk away from finishing the Old Testament. I hope to see you all here on whatever Wednesday that is 14 years from now. 2029. <laughs> Woo. Awesome. Um, working through the Bible like this is uh, helpful. It's, uh, you know, context is important. Uh, you know, sometimes we're, we'll, over the process, maybe we'll get to some stuff you haven't read before and we can, ch- uh, we can talk about that. I just think it's very helpful to work through it. I, I think it's a privilege to be able to read um, into the church the, uh, the entire Bible. That's my goal. Um, be nice to do it twice, but I don't want to push, push it, but <laughs> that's 20 years after that. It's, Okay, so, um, but we'll see how it goes, and you just never know. Remember, as we look through Genesis, I've asked you to try and remember that, that Genesis is about four main events, four main people, and then one thread that takes us through to the New Testament, and so hopefully by now you've, you've heard me say this enough that you've got it, but I think if I do it every week, I'd make sure that you have it at the end of 50, um, there'll be a test. No, but four main events, right? Creation, the fall... The flood, the Tower of Babel. That takes you through the first 11 chapters. Those are the four main events. From that point in time, we start with the patriarchs, and those are the four main characters, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. They take you through the rest of the book of Genesis. Um, and the, the thread that picks up in Genesis 3.15 and works its way all the way through to the cross is, is known as the crimson thread of redemption. And um, you can watch that weave its way throughout the Old Testament and uh, you can see the enemy trying to make it stop and how God protects it until um, Jesus comes. And then it's, uh, it's all taken care of there, the cross. So uh, redemption is made possible. So those are the main themes and what's going on in Genesis. Now, right now we're looking at Jacob. Um, we've learned a lot about Jacob. Remember, Jacob's name means deceiver. Um, recently he had an encounter with God and God changed his name to Israel, which means one who struggles. Um, new name is a good thing. It's supposed to uh, coincide with a character shift. Um, and Jacob was doing a little better, but he's still got some issues, uh, as we all do. And so we see that with him. And, um, uh, we, we just saw last week his encounter with his brother Esau that went very well, way better than Jacob had expected. And, and, um, you know, and Jacob looked like he was trying to kind of, you know, take things into his own hands again. We're not sure exactly what was taking place there, but Esau greeted him fine. You know, he had wanted to kill him 20 years previously. He'd uh, obviously forgiven and um, pressed on and moved on. And so uh, uh, that goes well. Although we don't see, uh, Jacob is told um, Esau, he'll come and see him. It never is recorded in scripture that he actually goes and does that. And he's supposed to be um, heading to Bethel now. The God, had t- God had told him to leave there and go to Bethel. But um, he just doesn't seem to be in any hurry. And it causes some great problems in his family. Uh, and we see him doing some things good when he's there. Um, why he stopped where he is, but he's not at Bethel yet. He, he erects an altar uh, to the Lord um, that gives public witness of his faith. Um, and he gives the al- name of the altar... Um, 
God, the God of Israel. And, and so, you know, he's, he's looking like he's trying to live up to his new name. But he, uh, he's not totally living up to it. I guess we can all relate to that. And um, unfortunately, him hanging around when he should have been moving on results in his daughter being raped and his, uh, two of his sons becoming murderers in their vengeance, um, all of which could have been avoided if he had just kept going where he was supposed to go. But he tarried. Um, and another fascinating thing I think about Genesis 34 is that the name of the Lord isn't mentioned in the chapter. And uh, it's, it's pretty obviously that the wisdom of the Lord is absent as well. And, and you know, I think when we, when we get out of the will of God, that's when we can really um, find some difficulties going on in our lives. Not that we can't come into some stuff even when we're on the right track, but when you get off track, uh, it's very possible that a lot of other things open up. So uh, here we go in uh, verse, uh, chapter 34, beginning in verse 1. Now Dinah, uh, the daughter Leah had born to Jacob, went out to visit the women of the land. When Shechem, son of Hamor, the Hivite, the ruler of that area, saw her, he took her and violated her. His heart was drawn to Dinah, daughter of Jacob, and he loved the girl and spoke tenderly to her. And Shechem said to his father, Hamor, get me this girl as my wife. When Jacob heard that his daughter Dinah had been defiled, his sons were in the field with his livestock, so he kept quiet about it until they came home. Then Shechem's uh, father, Hamor, went out to talk with Jacob. Now Jacob's sons had come in from the fields as soon as they heard what had happened. They were filled with grief and fury because Shechem had done a disgraceful thing in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter, a thing that should not be done. But Hamor said to them, my son Shechem has his heart set on your daughter. Please give her to him as his wife. Intermarry with us, give us your daughters and take our daughters for yourselves. You can settle among us, the land is open to you. Live in it, trade in it, and acquire property in it. Then Shechem said to Dinah's father and brothers, let me find favor in your eyes and I will give you whatever you ask. Make the price for the bride and the gift I am to bring as great as you like and I'll pay whatever you ask me. Only give me the girl as my wife. Because their sister Dinah had been defiled, Jacob's sons replied deceitfully as they spoke, deceitfully as they spoke to Shechem and his father Hamor. They said to him, we can't do such a thing. We can't give our sister to a man who is not circumcised. That would be a disgrace to us. We will give our consent to you on one condition only, that you become like us by circumcising all your males. Then we will give you our daughters and take your daughters for ourselves. We'll settle among you and become one people with you. But if you'll not agree to be circumcised, then we'll take our sister and go. Their proposal seemed good to Hamor and his son Shechem, the young man who was the most honored of all his father's household, lost no time in doing what they said because he was delighted with Jacob's daughter. So Hamor and his son Shechem went to the gate of their city to speak to their fellow townsmen. These men are friendly towards us, they said. Let them live in our land and trade in it. The land has plenty of room for them. We can marry their daughters and they can marry ours. But the men will consent to live with us as one people only on the condition that our males be circumcised as they themselves are. Won't their livestock, their property, and all their other animals become ours? So let us give our consent to them and they will settle among us. All the men who went out of the city gate agreed with Hamor and his son Shechem, and every male in the city was circumcised. Three days later, while all of them were still in pain, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, took their swords and attacked the unsuspecting city, killing every male. They put Hamor and his son Shechem to the sword and took Dinah from Shechem's house and left. 
The sons of Jacob came upon the dead bodies and looted the city where their sister had been defiled. They seized their flocks and herds and donkeys and everything else of theirs in the city and out in the fields. They carried off all their wealth and all their women and children, taking as plunder everything in the houses. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have brought trouble on me by making a stench to the Canaanites and the Perizzites, the people living in this land. We are few in number, and if they join forces against me and attack me, I and my household will be destroyed. But they replied, should he have treated our sister like a prostitute? Blessed be the word of the Lord. That's it for Genesis chapter 34. Like I said, pretty interesting. You, the Lord's not mentioned. And um, you, you have some, uh, a pretty fascinating thing taking place. And again, a lot of this we can attribute to Jacob hanging out when he should have been moving and going back to where he was told. But you, you see some issues. Um, Dinah. To begin with, you know, why was she so um, drawn to go and hang out with the the the, uh, the local women instead of staying inside her tribe and with her family and with her her people? Um, uh, you know, um, why? You know, you wonder why so the the mother didn't step in or make sure she was properly chaperoned um, at all these times um, because you know she was the only daughter. All the sons were out working with the flocks, and uh, and again, you know. They shouldn't have been hanging out there anyway. He was supposed to move along. Jacob should have been protecting his family by moving them to the place where God had told him to go, back to Bethel, leading them to the Lord, telling them about the Lord, all the things that he'd known. Apparently that is not taking place. And then um, uh, in verses 2 to 5, the the word defiled is used three times. Um, And that's the word that's used to describe Shechem's um, violating Dinah. So, um, you know, he took her and he raped her, in effect. Now, he seems to be professing love for her, but um, his actions towards her and his words don't line up. And what you see is a huge problem between the way the people of Israel already viewed the idea of relationship and how the pagan nations viewed it as well. And um, so it was a significant issue. And and so um, Dinah was raped and sort of held prisoner. Um, that was what she was up to, and what happened to her, unfortunately, in this process. And uh, so it's a, it's a, you know, it's a terrible, terrible situation. Jacob is told about it, and um, he's uh, he keeps quiet. He doesn't do anything. Now, you 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 might think that's you know what's going on with that. I think it's a fairly good question. Why in the world would he stay quiet about it? He would have been upset. Um, it, it you know, and you you'd think well you know all of, everybody's out in the fields. Maybe he's just waiting for them to get back. But interestingly enough, culturally, in, in a, a family where there's different wives, and remember Jacob had two wives and two maidservants that he's having, he's got, you know, children by four uh, women, now four wives in effect, um, that the, the overall protection of the daughters fall on the full brothers um, of, so the, the, if there's brothers, in that, in that part of the family, then the overall protection of the sister falls on them. They, in effect, become the guardians and not the father um, in that situation, not taking Jacob off the hook. He should have been way more. Like I said, his issue was not taking care of his family the way he should have in the first place. But now what you're going to see is because uh, Simeon and Levi are, are two full brothers by Donna, they're Dinah, they're her full brothers, they're going to really be the sort of major actors in, in this chapter. And um, 
what starts next is another massive deception. And so if you remember, we, Jacob means deceiver, and he's passed it on to his kids. And you watch them, and you will see them throughout um, moving in deception over and over and over again. They're going to do it with their brother Joseph soon and make up stories. But here they make up a story. And so they're uh, Levi and Simeon. They're grieved, over, and that rightly so. I mean, you know, they, they, they should be grieved over what's happened to their sister. And, um, but, but they, then they get sneaky. See, you know, I mean, it wasn't a clear declaration of declaration of war or anything. It looks like they're, they're trying to get peace, um, in the process. And they, uh, they come up with this plan where they said, well, we can't because you're not like us. You're not circumcised. So, but understand that circumcision was just an outward thing. They weren't telling them they needed to worship God or anything. It was all a ruse. It was a deception to do just what they're going to do. They're going to insist that they get circumcised. And then when they're in pain and too weak to defend themselves, they're going to go wipe them all out. That was the plan all along as they give it to them. And um, the uh, Canaanites, uh, these guys respond um, because they think, you know, initially you think, oh, they're trying to do the right thing. They're not good guys. They go back amongst themselves and say, hey, we're going to absorb all of these people and all of their stuff. They'll all, be, all become ours. And so we're going to go ahead and do this thing. Uh, we'll get circumcised and then we'll have access to their daughters and to their livestock and they can intermarry and it's going to be, it's going to be a win for us. And so they, uh, present the idea to all of the men of the city. They all agree. And, um, they are all circumcised. Um, and that's what they did. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> there was a lot of that. <laughs> that was classic. Uh, <laughs> so, then what you see in verse 25 uh, and follow, in, in verse 331 um, they're, they're out of commission. They've been circumcised and about three days into the process, they're, in, they're, they're virtually out of commission. They're in so much pain um, that they, they can't defend themselves. And Simeon and Levi um, go into the camp and they probably had some of their guys with them and they attack all of, this, uh, all of these people. They kill Hamor, they kill his son, they kill all the males in the city. Then they loot the city. They take all of the stuff out of the city. They take the women and the children, all the livestock. They take everything. They empty all of the houses, and it's all theirs. And they take their daughter, uh, their, their sister as well, and, um, and they go back. Now, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, and obviously the, the, they were avenging their, their daughter. They were getting, you know, revenge for their sister. But... Um, uh, it, um, it causes issues and, um, you know, so in effect they become murderers in the process. So Jacob's tarrying has, has like I said, he's, his daughter now has been raped and two of his sons are now murderers and Jacob will hold it against them um, throughout their lives. When we get through chapter 49, you'll see him basically cut them out because, um, he, you know, he calls them bloodthirsty. And you also see this about Jacob too. He's mad, but he's really not, I don't think he's mad for the right reason. Um, you know, horrified would be the response at the entire situation and maybe taking some ownership of it, but mostly he's mad at them because they've given him a bad name and he's afraid for himself living in that area. Not that his whole witness, you know, he built this big altar to the Lord, remember? And now, you know, it's not a great witness. Him and his family are no longer a really good witness for God in the area at all, sort of have blown that. And um, if they'd been, you know, in Bethel, 
where they should have been, probably none of this would have taken place. And Simeon and Levi, fascinating, because I think you know something we can learn from this when you when you read about it. They take this 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 you know harsh action. So not only did they go after the guilty party, they went after. Do you, do you get it? How it, it, it I, I can see the guilty party, but they went after the entire town, the entire people, that whole group paid the price for this one guy's sin. And um, you think, well, you know, what, is, what was going on with that? And the, the problem had now become, I think, so this family knows the promises of God, that they're different. See, they're separate. There's something else that's going on with them. And, and God, in fact, wanted them to remain at some level separate from all their pagan neighbors. But being set apart didn't make them better. It just made them set apart. And so they're, they're, they became arrogant, and that attitude of arrogance led them to this terrible slaughter of all these innocent people. They just had this thought that they were better than everybody else, and so they could do what they wanted. And we have to be very careful of that, because some, you know, in the church now, we have the promises of God in us. If we're not careful, we can become pretty arrogant in that and start treating other people not well. And we're never supposed to do that. Even, even where we're called to be separate, it's never to be arrogant. And, uh, and so we need to understand what that looks like. And then, um, even with all of this stuff going on, though, God's still going to be faithful to his promise, and he's not finished with Jacob yet, and there's uh, heartaches coming, and there's some joys coming, but um, Jake, the God of Jacob is going to prove himself faithful through all of this, and uh, so there's a lot more coming up in the weeks ahead, but, but uh, that's a very interesting chapter, I think, and a very sad one, and really all of it could have been avoided if Jacob had just stayed on track. Um, at least I think it could have been. I mean, I'm not God, so I can't tell you, but it seems to me that if he'd done what he was supposed to do, there would have been a lot less mess. Anyway, we're going to finish there uh, today because we have a lot of setup to do, and uh, we want to get started on that. So um, if you're watching my video, thanks for watching, and if you need prayer, go to the website. We'd be happy to pray for you, and uh, we're going to go ahead and call it an evening on the video.